everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak. Uh, today is a solo podcast. Uh, my buddy Josh Treadaway has some plans today. And I uh, actually have a lot to talk about. I know that right now there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, my world specifically, I have a surgery coming up. In two days, I'm going to have a lens put in my eye, the eye that's been injured for a while, the eye that's been healing for a while. And I realize that I have been gifted such an opportunity to heal in a time where a lot of people don't have the sort of resources that I have. And I'm not just talking financial. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about a lot of people willing to sacrifice their time, their energy, their, you name it, um, to help us, to help us get through this. And this is something that I talk about on this podcast a good bit is how we need each other, how we lean on each other from time to time and how it's important for us to step up when that time comes. Um, this past week, one of our close friends, um, Lori, her mother passed away and they live in Ohio. And so it was a thing of, you know, I, I live in South Carolina. I got to figure out how to get there. And so she, you know, asked, is there anybody that can take us to the airport? And I volunteered right away. I was like, I can take you. Now I was in Myrtle beach and that's a bit of a drive, but, um, I am familiar enough with the roads and familiar enough with my vehicle that I was like, I can take you there. It's not a lot of crazy turns. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't feel safe driving long distances with my eye the way it is, but I was in a unique position to help out. And it sort of reminded me that we're all at times in unique positions to help one another, even though we may not recognize that. Um, it's important to realize that we all need help from time to time. And it may be in the form of some type of communication that you're leaning support. It may be in the fact that you call someone up and say, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. Hope you're doing okay. And I've had a lot of that. Listen, during this injury, I've had a lot of people take time out of their, their busy schedules and, and their rat race of a life to then pause for a moment and reach out to me and say, Hey, is there anything you need? Um, you know, Brian Covington and, or By Byron Covington and, and, uh, Champ Lambert were, for, you know, two of the first ones when this all happened of, you know, do you need anything? Do you want me to come by and cut the grass? Do you need a trip to the, you need somebody to drive you to the hospital? Do you need anything? Like, what do you need? Um, my buddy Greg was like, I'll drop everything and come help you if you need help. I mean, well, do you need financial aid? Do you need, you know, what do you need? Do you want somebody to talk to? Josh Treadaway was like, listen, your family, like whatever you need. And I had a lot of that. I had, there's so many people that they're in numerous to count. Um, my mom is a healthcare provider and is immunocompromised. And during COVID, one of the things that she wanted to do the most was to come see about her son and she couldn't. So during a lot of this, there was a lot of forced 
separation between she and I because we weren't allowed to come into contact just for the fear that she is more susceptible to getting things than I am. Um, And I'm sure it was very difficult for her to go through this and not spend that time close to me. Um, Thankfully, my wife, I mean, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but she got laid off back in June of last year and spent seven months looking for a job and coincidentally just happened to be when I needed assistance the most, she was available to drive me to appointments to, you know, drop everything in an instant and say, okay, let's go to Columbia to get this surgery. Okay. Let's get these drops. What do you need? What do you need? And it reminds me a lot of going to new spring and listening to Perry Noble years ago where he would preach on we're better together. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs assistance. There's a lot of things we can't do on our own, but we can do it with each other. And this podcast is a version of that. This podcast is a version of people in my community getting together and talking to one another and helping each other and supporting one another. And one of the things that I try to focus on is focusing on the positive things in life and promoting the things that are positive. I've been trying for a while to get a classmate of mine to be on the podcast. And it looks like it's going to happen, fingers crossed, barring anything changes. Uh, Victor Webster is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Now, Vic and I weren't exactly close in high school. He did date a girl that lived down the road from me, and I would see him drive by once in a while, and he'd always wave. He was always very nice. Um, He and I had no reason for our paths to interact. He played football. He was, you know, well-to-do and and a jock and, and that kind of stuff. But, like, he never seemed to let that influence his opinion of how he treated anybody. Even me. I mean, I was just a just a guy. I didn't play sports. I was a dork without being real smart. I actually was smart with, you know, when it comes to math and science and stuff like that, but not with, I realized late in life that I was dyslexic. So I wasn't that good of a reader and I didn't, because of that, I felt like, well, I'm just not that intelligent. So, I mean, I was a C plus student. I didn't want to be there. I also didn't want to be at home. So I worked as much as possible. And when I wasn't working, I tried to hang out with my friends because that was my safe area. That was my, that was my feeling out the world, having a voice that was heard, having friends that I could grow with that are still my friends today. But Vic and I weren't friends, but we were friendly. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, we bumped into each other and we would see each other from time to time. And it was nice to know that that through just being a good person and, and through being cordial to one another and kind to one another and sitting and talking once in a while about, how are you doing? Are you okay? I mean, now he's gone on a venture with a friend of his. And we're going to talk about this tomorrow in depth, but I just kind of wanted to prepare you guys. Um. He started with a a friend and started a vodka company down in Charleston, South Carolina, Sweetgrass Vodka. And they were getting ready to roll out their big venture together. You got to imagine the kind of money that's tied up in stuff like this. This COVID thing breaks out and they realize that they had a responsibility 
to help any way they can. And one of the side effects of being able to have a distillery is you can also make hand sanitizer. They looked into it. They spent the money. They gave away hand sanitizer right and left and put off their venture, their job, their their dream of having this this vodka company to then help people in the community. And they gave away a bunch. And listen, I want him to tell his story tomorrow, but tune in for that. It's going to be great. And I want to, I want to promote the positive. I want to talk about people who are doing good things. People who inspire me. Speaking of which, I watched a lot of things on TV this week, which is why I wanted to do a solo one today. I wanted to get this stuff out of me because it's, I feel like I've consumed a lot. Um, I watched the Dave Chappelle Mark Twain Award special where they talked about Dave getting an award. And this came out last year. I didn't see it. I didn't know that it was what it was um, because it came right after he had done his YouTube special, the eight minutes, 46 seconds YouTube special. If you haven't seen that, go see that. Um, the Mark Twain Award is like a lifetime achievement award for storytellers. And I laughed a lot watching this. This is a lot of his peers, a lot of his comedic peers, uh, friends who are writers, actors, musicians, all talked about how Dave affected their life in a way and how being able to tell the truth is the one thing that comedy has allowed him to do. And in a way, I've always felt as though that is how we get through tough times in life. Um, I took a cruise one time and there was a comedian on board who had a book. His name is David Nastor. He wrote a book called You Just Have to Laugh. And he talked about horrific things that he'd come into contact with in his life and in the people around him's life and how every step of the way, the only way you could get through it was to laugh. People would find the, the obscure, the funny, the thing that is totally absurd, but find a way to make it funny and that you could, self, you could somehow soften that blow. I joke around a lot about the fact that my injury, while was while it was tough, there was a lot of humor in it. Um, I still think it's funny that I had gotten injured and I didn't. I guess I didn't articulate what I what had happened to me to my wife in a way that she understood what happened because I was thinking I th- I thought I told her, hey, listen, you know, I'm I'm injured. We need to go to the hospital. But I guess I was in such shock, I didn't really say the, what the injury was well enough. She just thought I had like some dirt in my eye or something. So she was, she was helping me hang the picture that we, that I that that I got injured putting the wire on. And she's like, "Is this straight? Just stand back there and look." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You really want to know if this is like, we need to go to the hospital? Like, what are you talking about? You know, there's a lot of the the things in it to me that are funny." that maybe aren't funny, but they were funny to me. Um, the other day I saw a piece of artwork that somebody had forwarded on, I guess, Instagram. And it was Boba Fett and Jango Fett, you know, Star Wars characters, obviously I'm Star Wars nerd wearing the Soka's t- you know, Sokotano t-shirt here. Um, <laughs> they're faced again, you know, back to back sort of with like a gap in between them. And, 
I don't know why, but my first thought was, oh, wow, this is like a face-off movie, you know, with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta in there. They, But it's, so like I sent it to my buddy Treadaway because I was like, hey, this new face, this new face-off movie is going to be awesome. <laughs> he called me yesterday. He goes, is that for real? And I was like, no, it's not for real. <laughs> I was like, but it's hilarious that you for a second thought it was real. I was like, you know. I said, no, 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 no. I said, think about it. They're the same guy. The same guy plays both of them as adults. It's supposed to be a clone. They're supposed to... It's like an inside Star Wars humor thing. And I was like, I don't know why, but I thought it was hilarious. And I was like, I just wanted to share it with you. And that's the thing, though, is a lot of things that we think are funny sometimes are funny to just a limited few of us. But if you don't share that experience with anybody, is it is it funny? Has it even happened? Is it is it real? It's sort of that idea of if a tree falls in the woods... Did it make a sound? I don't know. But I also kind of want to tell you about some other things that I saw and heard and enjoyed this past week that maybe you enjoy. Um, I'm still watching Superman and Lois. It's coming on on Tuesday nights on CW. Uh, I'm watching it through an app on my Fire Stick. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and type, but type in file linked. F-I-L-E-L-I-N-K-E-D. It may be a D. may not be a D. Anyway, um, and there's people there that put on a code, and they'll show you how to break your fire stick and give you the apps that you can watch all kinds of stuff for free. Um, I watched Superman and Lois, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the third episode came out. It was good. It makes me anxious for more. Um, it's been a while since I've been excited for the next episode of something to come out. I mean, WandaVision, sure. Mandalorian, sure. Superman and Lois, I mean, this is, again, this is a different take on it. This is them back in Kansas and trying to raise kids and trying to navigate what to do. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting. Um, spoilers, if anybody's interested in watching this. One of their kids finds out that he has some powers. It's not Superman level, but it's something. And... He goes out for the football team, even though he's not a football guy. His older brother is the football guy. Um, and he's sort of infringing on the older brother's territory a bit. But it's also making him happy because he's physically capable of playing football and smacking dudes around and getting some respect and sort of making friends in the process. Something he didn't expect to happen. But honestly, he's, he can only do it because of his powers. So it's sort of that it's it's a story that's that's so weird you wouldn't think that could be told in a way, but it they're doing a good job of it. So check it out. Um, I also watched the new Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. I've watched it twice this week. I watched it once by myself, and then I watched it with my wife last night. I enjoyed it a lot. My wife mentioned that she felt it probably wasn't great for younger children because it's a lot of... It, it's a lot of storytelling. There's not music. You know, some of Disney's stuff is just like musicals, basically. Um, it's not music. It is sort of a, sort of a heavy storyline, uh, especially in the beginning. There's some stuff in it for kids. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of comedy type stuff for kids that I think they would enjoy. Um, but to me, it is more for like kids, like, you know, maybe eight and up would get it better. I guess it depends on your kid. I definitely think adults are going to get something from it. But 
I enjoyed it. I really did. And I hope it does well. I hope that they find that it's successful even during the pandemic and even during all of this stuff. I hope they get the viewership and the thumbs up from people saying, you guys did good. I mean, it's it's a great movie. Um, the cast is incredible. All of the voice actors are incredible. Um, it's beautiful to watch. God, it's gorgeous. I also watched um, a movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot. Uh, Peter Dinklage is in it. It's um, not what I expected. I watched the previews and I was like, okay. On the previews, it looks like this woman is sort of running a scam of scooping up elderly people who maybe don't have any family ties. And she's got a doctor and a judge in her back pocket of basically finding these people unfit to care for themselves. And she somehow becomes a ward. Uh, she, they be, she becomes a guardian of them and they become a ward of the state basically. And she sells off all of their belongings and keeps the money. Uh, it's like a scam. And somewhere along the way, she grabs the wrong woman because she thinks this woman's not connected and come to find out this woman's son is like a, a hitman. And it's Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and it it takes a very dark, dark, dark turn. Um, and it wasn't what I expected, and I enjoyed it. I thought the writing was great. I thought the acting was incredible. I thought everybody in it did a great job. Um, if you're into dark comedy stuff, I mean really dark comedy stuff, this is, this, this is for you. I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Chadwick Boseman recently got an award, a posthumous award since he passed away uh, for his role in it. Viola Davis is the main character. I also watched the making of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Denzel Washington, I guess, was the creator of the show. And it definitely has his touch on it. After I watched it, my wife asked me, she said, what did you think? And I said, well, I think that it's set up like a play because, okay, so a lot of a lot of plays rely on the fact that you have a simple set to build, but you have incredible actors within that set. And it's not like, like a lot of movies, especially nowadays with like Marvel and Star Wars and stuff like that, it's, it's this flowing content of you going from place to place and things happening all the time. And it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot going on. Um, this is more, you know, we're in the locker room behind the recording studio and, and we're going to have a 20 minute monologue. The acting is incredible. The writing is incredible. Um, I did not know who Ma Rainey was and I feel like an idiot for not knowing. I should have done some research when I did the, when I watched the behind the scenes with Denzel Washington and all these people narrating who Ma Rainey was, basically she is what they call the mother of the blues. She is the voice that became what blues music was identified from. Uh, apparently she used to perform down South and had a thriving career down South, but realized the bigger picture of trying to get her voice on record for history because she understood what it meant overall. She also knew that in a lot of ways they were using her, that they wanted her voice more than anything else. 
and beyond her voice, they couldn't care less about her. She knew how to leverage that in a way that she could get what she wanted and knew that no matter what they would give her, it was never going to be worth what they were giving her. It's an incredible story. And if you watch it, I highly recommend watching the behind the scenes as well. Um, Chadwick Boseman plays a young up and coming trumpet player who has a lot of naturally jazz influenced type ability to play the trumpet. Um, his character is an up and coming star who can write music, who, who's got a lot banking on the success of this venture with Ma Rainey. And Ma sees him as a threat in a way. And she slaps him down anytime she can because she's trying to make her voice be the voice that they hear, not his. And so she's challenged in a way. She wants to use his talent, but she also is like, hey, listen, you're young and you don't understand what you're navigating here. And and if you're not careful, these white folks that are running the studio are going to use your talent and and you get nothing in return. And he sees that happen. Like he has everything banked on the idea that they keep telling him, oh, yeah, yeah, just keep writing us this music and we'll pay you for it and we'll, we'll record your thing and you can be the star. And they keep making him all these promises. And then at the end of it, they only give him $5 for writing a song. And he writes a bunch of songs. And they shove the money in his pocket and tell him to beat it. And it ha- this is the kind of stuff that happened all the time. And it's, it's sad to watch, but, you know, my wife asked me, she said, did, did Chadwick Boson deserve the award? And I said, yeah. It's not, none of it is a feel-good movie. None of it makes you feel happy about life. None of it is, makes you feel good about humanity. It is a story that needed to be told, and they did a good job of telling it, especially Viola Davis. I don't think she got enough credit for her role. Um, tremendous. Just tremendous. Um, I watched Coming to America too. Actually watched it the week before, but I forgot to talk about it. Coming to America too with Eddie Murphy is great. It's just as silly as Coming to America one, the first one, what twenty something years ago. I forget, even forget how long ago it was. It's got a lot of the same characters coming back. They take up a lot of the same storylines. They even do flashbacks and show you some of the things they're referencing because they know that kids today have no idea. They're not going to go back and watch the first movie. So they they do the hard work for you and they show you some of those scenes so that you can relive it. It's a totally silly scenario. It's also tackling issues of, you know, in coming to America, like he couldn't, he didn't want to find, find a bride that his dad set him up on to be his queen. Like he's supposed to take over as king of his little nation and, you know, James Earl Jones is his dad with his powerful voice. And, you know, you will take the throne, my son, you know, this whole thing. And, and Eddie wanted to, as a, as his character wanted to find his own way. He wanted to fall in love. He believed in love. And so he came to America to Queens. And there's a whole joke about the fact that, you know, him and his buddies play every role of a lot of the characters in the movie because they, they put on wigs and, you know, they pretend like they're the guys at the barbershop and they're, they just, 
So the, the folks at the church, you know, they got a band called Sexual Chocolate that plays and this reverend that's just wacky and crazy. And and Arsenio Hall is his buddy, but he's he's also several characters in the thing. And in Coming to America too, Wesley Snipes is in it and he's also playing several characters. And it's just, the whole thing is silly. But when he comes back with his bride and she's, you know, in this role, he has three daughters. And his dad's getting ready to pass away and he's supposed to marry off one of his daughters to make peace with the neighboring group next to them. Um, which they even cutely call Nextovia cause it's, it's the one next over the, the city next over or the, the, the kingdom next over Nextovia. They're supposed to be at war with Nextovia if they don't make peace. And this, it's just silly. It's so silly. All of it's silly. Um, I love the fact that they did this movie. And they did it sort of tongue-in-cheek, poking fun at themselves in the process. I mean, it's all hilarious. But yeah, go check it out if you just want to laugh. Coming to America too. It's on Amazon Prime. It's great. Um, so with WandaVision, you guys know WandaVision just ended. And there's a lot of talk about the fact that she's going to be in the next Dr. Strange venue. And that's supposed to be coming out on the 25th of this month. <laughs> I wanted to be up to cue on Dr. Strange. Cause I remember watching Dr. Strange the first time and thinking, well, I got to watch that again. Cause there's so much that happens so quickly that you can miss a lot. And so time has passed and it's probably been a couple of years since I watched Dr. Strange the first time. So I watched it again recently one morning I got up super early, couldn't sleep, and I turned it on and watched it. And there's a lot in it that I missed. And there's a lot in it that I could watch it again and still catch up on more things. There is that mention of the fact of, you know, Agatha Harkness in um, in WandaVision has one of the books that belongs in the library of the Timekeepers. Um, you see those books, you know, wrapped up in the chains hanging from the the librarian's room um, and that one of them missing. And that's obviously the book of spells that she has that now Wanda has. And so if there's a time, if there's a Dr. Strange two and Wanda is going to be a big part of it as Scarlet Witch, this is going to play into it. Um, there's a lot going on. And then I watched Biggie. It's on Netflix. Biggie. I got a story to tell. It's about Biggie Smalls, the rapper. Um, it's really good. If you're into hip-hop at all, if you're even curious as to who Biggie Smalls was, it's a good story of a guy who was highly intelligent, um, in a bad situation, is circumstances around him leaned itself more and more towards gang activity towards crack selling crack just trying to make ends meet trying to do something that he felt was positive not really knowing what his future was going to be and honestly in my opinion a lot of people took advantage of him and they used his talent and they gave him very little in return. Um, it talks about 
his relationship with Tupac. And it talks about their friendship before their rivalry. And it talks about his own problems that he had with P. Diddy Combs, you know, Puff Daddy. They were supposed to be, I mean, supposed to be buddies, supposed to be producer and rapper, but a lot of it was P. Diddy basically stealing from him. I mean, in my opinion. They even show like a thing at the end where they say, you know, the murderer still hasn't been found. And I'm like, it's P. Diddy set this up. Like, come on, you guys. I realize that you're doing a documentary and you can't say that, but it it's it's not just my opinion, it's a lot of people's opinion that he was using him, he was stealing from him, and probably Biggie called him out on it, and he realized the only way he could get out of this is if he had him killed. And then he used all of his music to make his own career because he didn't want to be the producer anymore. He wanted to be the talent. And that's just my opinion, okay? Take it for what it is. It's my opinion. You watch it. You tell me what you think. Um, but that's that's how I see it. Now, I can tell you as a young man, I identified more with Tupac because Tupac was more aggressive. Tupac was more also, you know, sort of this wounded warrior poet guy who was just, he was trying to find love in a, in a world that was just giving him a lot of hate. And Biggie was more, he had more of an older version, an older view of things. I mean, he had more of an eclectic music taste and a more of a worldly view but i would also say you know basically through all of this you know i'm trying to hustle and i'm trying to do the right thing and everybody just keeps pushing me around and i'm tired of it and you know i find that when i was younger i identified more with tupac and as i'm older now i identify more with with biggie and both these guys died in their 20s which is terrifying but also like what if they'd have lived longer what if they hadn't have gotten involved in this gang activity and in you know east coast west coast rivalry and in whatever circumstances led to their demise what if what if they were my age now would they have the voice that dave Chappelle has now i mean dave realized early on that comedy was his way to bridge a conversation that maybe wasn't happening between people that should happen. And he would use comedy as a way of bringing that out and having that conversation be normalized. Um, whether it's race relations, whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, you can't say this word, you can say this word, the ridiculousness of it or how impactful words can be. I wonder what Biggie and Tupac would say now if they were here. Or is it something where you're inspired because you're young and, and, and the world is your oyster and you're just trying to do anything you can to scratch out an existence and, and that desperation is what is so creative. Maybe as you get older that you lose that. I don't know. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I used to write a lot. I don't write anymore. My wife asked me one time, she said, uh, what happened? Why, why don't you write anymore? And I said, well, I used to write when I was unhappy. I'm happy. Writing was my outlet for when things seemed like 
I didn't have a voice or I didn't have the ability to connect or I didn't have the ability to let my feelings be heard or shared. And through this podcast, this has fulfilled that. Through my relationships with people on a regular basis, I've gotten that fulfilled. I don't know if Biggie and Tupac would feel the same now. I mean, would they be like Dre and them now as like producers and just kick back and be like, yeah, that's a good idea, man. Let's, let's do that project. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, be accepting some award like Dave Chappelle getting the Mark Twain award. Would they be getting some kind of lifetime achievement award now saying you guys have been a big part of our history and you've helped, you know, mold a language of our generation, which they did. They did that. And listen, if you're younger out there and you're listening to this, you can too. There's nothing saying you can't. But just, like if I got any any type of wisdom at 46, almost 47 years old, it's treat each other with kindness in the, in the process. Like have an opinion and let that depend let that opinion grow and develop and be rolled around and talked about from different angles but in the process like be nice to one another because sometimes you're going to find yourself old and it's nice to know that you've made friends along the way it's nice to know that you've helped people along the way I said it long ago and I'll say it again. We're on this earth for two purposes, either to help each other or to hurt one another. Anybody is out there that wants to help each other, I'm on your team. I never picked a fight. I never fought back when I was confronted. But if there was a fight going on, I'd jump in the middle of it and I would defend whoever needed to be defended. And I would try to stop the fight. I don't know why. Maybe it's genetic. My granddaddy peak one time, my dad tells a story of the fact that, you know, he went to a wrestling match. He didn't know wrestling wasn't, wasn't real. And he watched this guy sneak something into his drawers because he was going to, you know, cut this guy's face with this thing. And my granddaddy saw it and he jumped in the ring and he took the thing from the guy. <laughs> Some people are just wired that way. Maybe I'm wired that way. I don't know. How long have I been talking? I can't tell. 30-something minutes. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, tune in to the next podcast. I hope it's going to be with Vic. I hope he shows up. Uh, I do want to talk about the fact that they made such a shift when everything was on the line and it actually ended up being the right decision for everybody. So, um, I hope you enjoyed this. I don't do a lot of these solos anymore. Uh, big thank you to Treadaway for helping me do the heavy lifting. I'll be honest. <clears throat> the more of them I do, the more I really like doing them with people. So <laughs> in the beginning, it was just a, uh, compulsion to get this stuff out of me. And it still is like today. I told him, I said, I got to do a solo one. I got so much that I want to talk about. 
And he's like, I get it. I totally get it. So hope you enjoyed this. Um, take care, everybody. Um, be kind to one another. It really goes a long way. All right. Always in this by saying cue the cow, but, uh, Oh, if you're uh, listening and you enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow. Uh-huh.